0: Thank you, Stephen. It is wonderful to be with all of you today on this very special day, October 31st, here of the year 2022. And of course, uh, for us as believers, and many of you may especially uh, know that today is Reformation Day. It's the 505th anniversary of Martin Luther posting the 95 theses on the castle church door in Wittenberg, Germany. Uh, My wife, Lynette, and I were privileged to be on a 500th anniversary tour of Germany back uh, in September of 2017 and uh, saw all the Luther sites and toured the sites of the German Reformation and uh, took pictures uh, one of which you're seeing behind me, so I'm not actually at the Vortberg Castle today. I just wish I were, but uh, I'm actually in Iowa today teaching on uh, the Reformation during these days, Sunday through Wednesday, which is a, a particular passion of mine, and I have lots of resources about the Reformation on my page here on Sermon Audio at P-S-C-H-A-R-F. I'd like to talk to you today about the meaning and significance, specifically, of the five solas which flow out of the Reformation. Now, these were not predetermined as if someone came together uh, like a political party and said, uh, hey, guys, as reformers, let's put together and run on the five solas. (laughs) These These are looked at backward as we consider what came out of the Reformation. Certainly on October 31st, 1517, Luther would not have had clarity in his mind and consistency uh, and a fully developed understanding of these five solas, as we'll talk about this morning. But we can look back and understand the heritage we have gained from the Reformation and how these five solas uh, still shape our faith here in the year of 2022 as we celebrate another Reformation Day, uh, something that's always very special to me. The five solas, of course, are, uh, first of all, and they're normally uh, spoken of in their Latin terms, which have become very familiar to us, sola gratia, sola fide, solus Christus, sola scriptura, and soli Deo gloria, the letters S.D., G, you may know, Johann Sebastian Bach, who was born in Eisenach, where uh, Luther spent part of his time growing up, uh, and which is near the Wartburg Castle. Uh, Bach would place those letters at the end of all his musical works, SDG, Soli Deo Gloria, to the glory of God alone. The five solas, uh, there is a logic to them, and I'd just like to speak to you about that a little bit this morning um the issue that luther was driven to answer and this particularly was after july of 1519 at the leipzig disputation when his catholic adversary dr johann eck who would go on to be part of the process of having luther excommunicated after this eck drove a question deep into Luther's conscience. How do you know, how can you as one monk stand against a thousand years of history and how can you know that you are right? And this drove Luther to what we would call the idea of scripture alone. Scripture alone, sola scriptura. The scripture is our authority. He would go on to say at Worms, Popes and councils have contradicted each other. My conscience is bound by the word of God. Sola Scriptura. So the the principle of scripture alone is what is called uh, the formal principle of the Reformation. You see the word form in the word formal. It gives the form, the structure to the Reformation. The formal principle of Sola Scriptura. Now. There's another principle that stands out. That's sola fide, faith alone. It's by faith alone. It's by grace alone through faith alone. By the way, no one has ever been saved uh, ever since Adam by anything other than grace alone through faith alone. No one was ever saved by keeping the law. It's always been by grace through faith, as the prophet Habakkuk told us in Habakkuk 2, verse 4, the just shall live by faith which of course became the battle cry of the Reformation, as that verse is repeated three times in the New Testament, the just, Romans 1, shall live, Galatians 3, by faith. Hebrews 10, as the lead into the great hall of faith chapter of Hebrews 11. Faith alone was the material principle of the Reformation. You see within the word material, the word "matter." matter when we say to someone what's the matter well we use that idiom and what we're technically asking is what is the issue that is central to your concern what is the matter the matter of the reformation was faith as a quoting here from a wonderful history of the reformation that i would highly recommend to you rescuing the gospel by erwin lutzer and he's quoting from here on page 43 from uh, the classic work by Roland Bainton on the life of Luther here was of course the dilemma that Luther faced throughout his entire early life and including his time in the monastery even as a priest even as a professor until he discovered the truth of Romans 1 16 and 17 which I'll explain in a moment here was his previous dilemma Quote, sins to be forgiven must be confessed. To be confessed, they must be recognized and remembered. If they are not recognized and remembered, they cannot be confessed. If they are not confessed, they cannot be forgiven. End quote. Lutzer goes on to comment, We might say that confession is like mopping up a floor while the faucet is still running. And we're all familiar, I trust, with the fact that Luther was so incredibly tormented in his heart and mind and soul with guilt and the fear. We might easily relate that to the other side of this day, which is connected to Reformation Day. It's the reason Luther chose this day to nail the 95 Theses. It's Halloween. It's All Hallows' Eve. It's the night before All Saints' Day. It's the night when fear and uh, the terror and haunting of death itself, we might say, are at their height of the whole year. And Luther lived with that kind of fear all year long. The fear that he could just simply be swallowed up and cast into the fires of hell because of the guilt that weighed him down. Until he discovered the truth of the gospel, Romans 1, 16, and 17, that the, in the gospel... The righteousness of God is revealed. It's not the holy righteous character of a God who knows no sin before we, whom we stand eternally condemned. No, it's the righteousness that he provides, that he imputes to the account of the one who believes from faith to faith, by faith alone. As it is written, the just shall live by faith So, faith alone became the material principle of the Reformation. All of this is for the glory of God alone, but who is the one who is holding all things together? Well, of course, it is Christ. So, if I might use this term, I would say that Christ alone is the ultimate principle of the Reformation. And Luther mentioned Christ 10 times in his 95 theses. You know, he was so infuriated when Johann Tetzel came to just across the Elba River. He was not allowed into Saxony because Frederick had his own plan for showing relics on All Saints Day. Uh, he housed 19,000 relics at the castle church. Uh, That's another portion of the story we can't cover this morning. But when Tetzel came to sell indulgences and he would plant that cross in the ground and pin an indulgence to it framed in gold and say this cross with this indulgence is of the same value as the very cross of Jesus Christ. And Luther was angry and he realized He he just had a total uh, feeling inside that this was absolutely, completely blasphemous. And he was overwhelmed with rage against it. And he began to preach clearly, of course, Christ alone. I was privileged back in 2017 to share a chapter to a book called Forged from Reformation, And you uh, are free to look that up if you would like. just like to share a few thoughts in closing this morning from that chapter, which I was privileged to write about this issue of Christ alone. And I would just like to share, as I said, as we conclude this morning, just a little outline of what it means to trust in Christ alone. We believe in Christ, not Adam. Now, we believe in Adam that he's literal and real and historical, but we don't place our trust in Adam. We carry Adam with us. And we know that Adam sinned, but Christ obeyed. Adam died, but Christ lived. Romans 5, 1 Corinthians 15. As in Adam, but so in Christ, Paul tells us in each place. We believe in Christ and trust in Christ, not Mary. Uh, I'm sad to tell you, that in the 505 years since the Reformation began, the Roman Catholic Church has gone into even much deeper heresy than it was then on the issue of Mary. And there's a push to make her now the co-redemptrix with Christ. Uh, I trust we all realize that Mary was a wonderful, blessed person, but a sinner who needed to be saved by trusting in her own son. God used her in an amazing way, but she is not sinless, uh, she is not in any way divine like her own son, the one who is God and man, Jesus Christ. We trust in Christ, not the saints on this Halloween, this Eve before All Saints Day. we can say lots more about that or about the fact that we trust in Christ, not the Pope, who's mentioned 34 times in the 95 Theses. Christ is the head of the church. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18 Paul makes that abundantly clear he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead in all things he has the preeminence and therefore we trust in Christ not a priest Christ is our great high priest holy harmless and undefiled and he makes all of us as believers believer priests and so we trust in Christ not priests and sacraments, we trust that Christ died for us. He died for our sins and he was buried and he rose again so that we could have the forgiveness of sin and eternal life if we believe in him. And when we do, the Holy Spirit takes us and actually places us into Christ, baptism into Christ, that is, into the body of Christ, First Corinthians twelve thirteen. I trust that you will have a wonderful day of remembrance and meditation on the 505th anniversary of the beginning of the Reformation that will always continue to reform and to draw closer to the truths of Scripture. And I invite you to continue to connect with me, as I said, in my ministry with Friends of Israel and my page here on Sermon Audio. Dot com. Thank you, Stephen, and God bless each one of you.